Welcome to Ditch the Classroom. This is your host, Ariana Vernier, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher turned business coach who is so passionate about helping fellow mamas like you ditch the classroom and pursue your big, hairy, scary dreams. Imagine a life where you could still impact the world, but do so while following your passions and spending more time with your babies. In Ditch the Classroom, we'll explore ways you can do just that. Myself, guest experts, and amazing teachers who have also built a successful business will share tools, tips, and resources to help you ditch the classroom too. Are you ready? Here we go. This episode is sponsored by the free three-day Launch Your Freelancing Business Challenge. Between now and July 21st, you can register for the challenge by visiting arianavernier.com forward slash free dash challenge or by clicking the link in the show notes. This challenge will help you get clarity on what services would light you up and make you excited to work on your business every day, where to find paying clients to help you replace your teaching income quickly, and the top three mistakes new freelancers and virtual assistants make so you can avoid them and start working from home with your babies faster. There will also be a special gift for those who register, but registration closes on July 21st, so make sure to get signed up for the free challenge ASAP. All right, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Classroom Podcast. We have a super special guest with us here today. I've brought on Jessica Hayes. She's a marriage and family therapist and the host of the Love Your People Well podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be chatting about how to communicate with your spouse around finances, personal needs, like helping more with the kids and chores, and also your self-worth and identity when transitioning jobs and starting a new business. So welcome, Jessica. We're super excited to have you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Can we just kind of start out with you sharing a little bit about yourself and letting my listeners know who you are, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you already said I'm a marriage and family therapist. Um, I've actually been doing that for about 10 years. And just uh, not quite two years ago, my husband and I had triplets. And so uh, you and your audience can imagine how crazy life has gotten. And so, so I stepped away from the direct counseling at that point. It just was not not reasonable to make it into the office, you know, every Tuesday at two o'clock or whatever it might be. So I stepped back. And so I'm at home right now, which is partly why I'm so excited for your podcast. I'm not a teacher leaving the office, um, but I'm a counselor leaving the office. And so, so as I've been home with the kids, I've really been praying and searching, you know, I still have all this, this knowledge and there's so many common themes that come up in the counseling room. And so what I've actually started in really just the last six months, um, I've launched an online ministry called Love Your People Well. And a big part of that is a podcast that I host to try to help women strengthen their most godly relationships, strengthen their most important relationships, I should say, so that they are godly relationships, so that they're filled with gratitude and grace. So still using those marriage and family skills to try to help more women through kind of the digital medium. Um, So that's been a really fun journey. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing today. That's amazing. I love, I love everything about what you're doing for your community of listeners. And I know that mine are going to resonate with that a lot because 
even if you don't have a spouse, you might have someone in your life who you're trying to communicate with to help you in different aspects of your life. So I think any of these tips can apply to you as well, even if you don't have a spouse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Before we jump in to the questions, you know, which I'm excited to talk about, I start all of my podcast episodes with a quick disclaimer. And so I want to give the same one to your audience because sometimes people hear like, oh, you're a licensed therapist. And they're thinking like, I'm about to listen in on a, a counseling session. You know, nothing from Love Your People Well is professional counseling. Um, so everything we'll talk about today, and you and I have already talked about this, you know, this is informational. This is meant to be helpful to people, but it's not meant to be personal advice to anyone's specific situation. Got it. Perfect. All right. So I guess one of my first questions is how can we talk about wanting to leave teaching and kind of the financial impact that that has on our life in a way that's calm and helpful for our spouse? Because I know that I kind of struggled with this when I was going through the transition and I know that some of my listeners are. So that would be really helpful to get some of your take on that. Yeah. Yeah. And that is such a huge question because finances is such a hot button issue for so many couples, so many families. Um, It's really one of the top issues when couples do come in for marriage counseling. Finances is usually a part of that picture. Um, And so I do have a few ideas that I think would be helpful for your audience. Um, The first one being that since we know finances is it's something that impacts us every day, but it, it also is sometimes bringing up emotions. It can be very difficult to talk about. So my first recommendation would be for folks to schedule a time with their, their partner, their husband, you know, whoever they're sharing finances with, schedule a time to sit down and talk through what your financial picture currently looks like and what you anticipate changing um, and of course, you might not know that, you know, if, if folks haven't quite, quite left the teaching field yet, you know, they don't know exactly what their finances will look like. And hopefully over time, as their new business grows, they'll, they'll be earning more money. But scheduling time and knowing, you know, okay, Tuesday at 830 after the kids are in bed, you know, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about this. That can often help because it's not taking anybody by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives both of you a chance to think in advance about, you know, what might be my my big points that I want to make sure that we can cover. And so um, that's probably a, a conversation that's going to need to happen multiple times as things shift and change. So a lot of times I'll recommend couples, especially early on, to schedule that once a month or even every other week. Um, it doesn't need to be a huge conversation, but to set aside that time to sit down purposefully and take a look at what their finances currently look like and where they would like for them to go. I love Um, that recommendation because that's something that I try to do, not even specifically with the financial aspects, but anything I want to talk to my partner about, I'll mention to him, hey, I want to talk about this when would be a good time for you? Do you want to chat about it now? Or would you like to schedule a time in the future where you can kind of take a breather and think, think through some things before we get into the conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Which is really just respectful of, Mm -hmm. of yourself, but also the other person. Cause sometimes I, at least for me, sometimes I think I know what all of my very wise points are, but, (laughs) but when I actually pause and think about it, it's like, Oh, I could word that differently or, or maybe that's not really the most important thing to me. And so taking some time to know 
this is what's coming and we can both prepare for it um, can be really helpful. Definitely. Yeah. And that the other piece that I would speak to with that question about, you know, how do we talk about finances, personal needs, you know, everything that's changing, how do we talk about that with our spouse? Especially because um, I think a lot of your audience are moms and maybe even new moms. And so there's a lot of emotions and hormones. Like we're not always our our best and most logical self. <laughs> I can at least speak for myself there <laughs> as Agreed. a mom, a pretty new mom. Um, so what what I think is really helpful there to make sure that the conversation can stay calm and actually be helpful is to try to know, and maybe this is the first conversation around finances, but try to know what are my weak spots? um, What are my warning signs that I'm getting upset, that I'm getting frustrated so that, um, and it's helpful if your partner knows their weak spots as well, so that if that starts to come into the conversation, either one of you has permission to hit the pause button and just kind of acknowledge that to say, Hey, I like for myself, as an example, I know that I'm starting to get frustrated when I start to feel warm, like my body starts to feel flushed. And so, and I, and that's really common. Um, so if I'm having a conversation with my husband and I start to notice I'm fanning myself, or like I'm, you know, my cheeks are getting flushed, then that's a warning sign to me to say, Hey, can we pause this conversation? Like, I think I need a few minutes to cool down or just to, to figure out why I'm upset. Cause I don't even always know right away. Um, but if you can notice those warning signs early on, then it's a lot easier to pause the conversation, uh, maybe come back to it later, or maybe just, just hit, hit pause and talk through why do I think I'm upset right now? Um, that can really help the conversation to stay productive and not get derailed into emotions or, personal attacks or anything like that. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think a lot of times we just want to get the conversation over with, but you also want it to be productive and come to a resolution. And a lot of times when those emotions get involved, the resolution does not come or it takes a lot longer. So if we can kind of step back and recoup before we dive back in, I think that's a really good idea. Perfect. Yeah. So, so what do you recommend as far as navigating the marriage relationship when things are changing due to having kids and just all the things that come with starting a new business? Yeah, I think, I think the, the first recommendation I would have there is to just normalize the fact that this is going to be a, a hard season. Um, it's probably going to be a season where you can't really schedule things or predict things like you could before. Um, You know, we already mentioned there's going to be emotions, there's going to be hormones. Like if we know in advance, okay, this is a difficult season. We're going to need to show each other grace. We're going to need to be extra patient. We're probably going to have some, some tension that we wouldn't normally have. Um, Sometimes that can really help us when it does happen, then that we're like already expecting it, you know, so it it already feels normal. um, And that can help us to handle it better because it's not taking us by surprise. So that would be my first recommendation is just to normalize for yourself to know it's okay. This season is not going to last forever. And it's totally normal that this is going to be a little bit rough while we figure it out. Um. And the other, the other recommendation that I would have for that, you know, things are changing. How do we, how do we kind of pull all of this together is to, I guess I would say to know 
what your priorities are, because if things are changing, then those priorities are probably changing. And I know your audience, um, Ariana, is is teachers, you know, and they're leaving the classroom. And so a lot of time and energy goes into lesson planning and behavior management and prioritizing things in the classroom. Well, if that's leaving um, and now you've got kids at home, this new business, you know, your priorities are changing. And that again, is probably a really helpful conversation to have with your family. Um, You know, if your kids are older, they might be a part of that conversation as well to talk about, you know, this is where we were, but where we're at today, what are the top things that, you know, if if it comes into conflict, I'm going to prioritize my marriage. I'm going to prioritize my parenting, my kids, then my business. and, And, you know, and then my time with friends and, and that might look different for every family. Um, but if we can know in advance, okay, it's normal that this is a rough season and zero in on what are my top priorities here so that when that moment comes, which is probably inevitable that there's five different things that want my attention right now. I wasn't expecting this. I don't know what to do that can help us zero in on like, okay, well of those five things, what is my actual priority? And we can focus our energy there and recognize that we can come back to that other stuff later. It's probably not going away. And if it does go away, then I didn't really need to address it anyway. Um, that can really help in the moment to, to manage some of those changes. Yeah. And I think we all go through seasons of, I don't really like this word, but for lack of a better term, seasons of hustle and where we have to focus on our business or do a big push in some area. But I think keeping that list of priorities front and center of your mind that, I mean, for me personally, I know first is God, then it's my marriage, then it's my family and everything else comes after that. So even if you can find just chunks of time in your day to to give a little bit to those top priorities before you focus on your business or whatever else is going on, then you can still, you know, try to keep those, those big priorities forefront in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is a great point because life's going to feel really busy, but we can probably find a pocket of 10 minutes here, five minutes there, and at least at the end of the day, if we can know, I, I hit on all of my top priorities today, even if it maybe wasn't as great as I wanted it to be, I did get to connect with all of my important people. Um, that's going to go a long way in, in making it through this, this kind of rough patch, this season of change. Agreed. And so for those listening, uh, Jessica and I both connected from knowing Stephanie Gass, who's just amazing. Go listen to her podcast. She's the bomb. And she had an episode about, you know, being very intentional with her kids. And she said she sets aside 15 minutes a day to do something with each individual child of hers. And it's some, she tries to do it as something that they want to do or they're interested in. But even if it's just, you know, having them help you fold laundry, just getting that invested time with them and 15 minutes, like really, that's not that much time. And you're still building that connection with your kid while being able to focus on everything else throughout your day. You can spare 15 minutes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So with being a new mom and a new entrepreneur, it's a crap ton of work. (laughs) How would you help women balance everything going on in such a busy season of life? 
Yeah. Well, even that wording, Ariana, I really like that because it is a, it's a season of life. Um, so the work-life balance is probably going to look different than, you know, it did when you were in the classroom or when you were a new teacher versus maybe a more seasoned teacher. Um, the first thing that, that I think has helped a lot of women that I've worked with in the counseling room when things are changing and they're balancing a whole lot of things, um, I always encourage them to make lists. Uh, to know for themselves, like if I have five minutes of time for some work stuff, what are the things I could do in that five minutes? Can I make, uh, you know, an Instagram post that's on my social media that's going to grow my audience or respond to an email? Um, you know, if we know this is my list of things that takes a few minutes for my job, this is my list of things that I really need an hour or more, um, you know, kind of breaking things down in whatever way makes sense for you, like thinking about time chunks really works for me, but I know for, for other women, it might be more about, um, uh, it might be more about like finances. You know, I, what's my list of, these are our favorite super cheap meals. And this is our list of, wow, we really love it, but it takes a lot of time. Um, and seeing those things written down, even if you're not typically a person who writes down lists, um, during a season of change, even if you just do it once, that can really help to kind of get things out of your head into the real world. It's something tangible. Um, sometimes I have clients who even write them on post-it notes so they can like move it around. I thought it was on list A, but it really belongs on list F. <laughs> um, but writing things down and knowing these are the tasks that I need to do. These are my priorities. You know, when I have that 15 minutes with my kid, these are some activities that we can do to fill that time. Um, and that also helps so that when you do have a small chunk of time, kind of the, the margins is what I often call them, like the margins of my busy schedule, instead of feeling overwhelmed, like, I just don't know what to do. I can't do anything productive with 10 minutes. So I'm just going to scroll Instagram, scroll Facebook, you know, whatever it might be. I have a list that I can just pull out and say, oh, I can do something on this list because it's only going to take me this tiny chunk of time. And maybe that's fold laundry. Maybe that's clean the toilet. I can't clean the whole bathroom in five minutes, but I can clean the toilet, you know, whatever it might be. Um, that is something that a lot of women find is helpful in a busy season of life is to just get it out of my head, get it onto a piece of paper and then go from there. Yeah, definitely. I think specifically as moms, we have, we carry a lot of mental load, just so much is going on in our brains at all times regarding the kids, the house, the husband, the everything. And so I think, yeah, making lists is a really good idea just to get kind of sift through your brain and, and make more of a plan for how you're going to handle everything rather than just having it sit there like, I don't know when I'm going to get it all done. Yeah, I love that. Feels really overwhelming really quickly. <laughs> yes, definitely. So let's kind of shift just a little bit. I want to talk to you because I know when I was first starting my business, leaving the classroom, I struggled quite a bit with the fact that I was no longer teaching. I mean, I still kind of am because I'm teaching women how to ditch the classroom, but I was no longer with my students. I was no longer considered a kindergarten teacher. And that was a really big identity shift for me. So I'd love if you could share kind of your experience helping women stay strong in their identity and their sense of self-worth when it feels like everything they're, they've worked on is changing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the first thing that I would say, speaking into our identity and our sense of self-worth, is to stay grounded in our identity in Christ. And I know that that faith is a big part of your podcast and for your audience. Um, and even for people who maybe are not Christians or not religious, we all have something that we feel like this is the thing that defines me, that's outside of myself and my job and even my family. And so, you know, Jesus, he was with you as a teacher and he's with you as a mom and he's with you as a wife and he's with you in this new business. And so he is not changing. And that is often something we we so easily get caught up in yeah, in the job and in the day-to-day stuff, but staying grounded in the reality of who God is, what he has promised, what he has already done, um, that can be really helpful to maintain that sense of identity and self-worth, even when everything else in our life is changing. Um, and then the, the second point that I would say to that is um, to encourage your audience to stay connected to their people. And of course, that's you know, that's God, that's, that's ourselves <laughs> staying grounded in, in how am I thinking about myself, my family, it's staying connected with my husband and my kids, but even staying connected with teacher friends or um, our church community or someone who's mentored you over the years. And that connection might look very different now. It might be an occasional text message even, or hopefully getting together for coffee once in a while. So it might look different, but keeping those relationships, those connections going can help us stay connected to, to who we were. And it, it doesn't have to feel like all of that is now just in the garbage and I'm moving on because that still has gone a long way in shaping you, in teaching you, in in pulling you toward the point that you're at today. Yes, you might be leaving the classroom, but you're not actually changing who you are. Your job description might be changing, but the talents that you have, the strengths that you have, the people that you're connected with, that is not changing. And so focusing on those things, particularly personal relationships, um, can be really helpful to maintain that sense of of who am I um, and the fact that you still have value, even if it might feel new, even if your job, you know, is changing all the time because you're starting something new and you might realize, oh, I thought this would work, but really it's going to work better like this. That's fine. That has nothing to do with, am I a success or a failure? Because those are just things that I am doing. They are not who I am. Um, so th- those would be the two pieces I would really encourage your audience to stay grounded in, staying grounded in the Lord and his unchanging nature, and then staying connected with their own strengths and the people who are important to them. Yeah, that's something that I did as well, because as teachers, we all have our teacher besties, and my teacher bestie actually left me the year before I did, but we always made a plan to at least try every other month to get together and go to lunch or just go do something together and stay connected, and we'd always chat about our experiences together in the classroom, and I found that so helpful even when I left, like being able to reminisce on everything was was very helpful in me, you know, reliving that and not feeling like it was just totally lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad you were able to stay connected with them because that's important. Yeah, definitely. So I kind of just want to summarize everything we've talked about today because I think it's been amazing and you've shared so many just perfect nuggets of wisdom. So one of the things that you said 
that I found really helpful was when you're chatting with your partner about financials or really any important topic in general, to schedule a time to chat with them so that they can feel prepared and that you can kind of prepare and work to keep the emotions out of the conversation and have a have a productive conversation. And then also thinking about what your personal weak spots are, what kind of sets you and starts getting you more emotional so that you can realize those in yourself and take a pause if you need to so that the conversation stays productive. And then also when you're in this season of change, normalizing that it's going to be a little bit harder so that you can show each other compassion um, and grace and just have a little more patience with everything being crazy. And then also keeping track of your priorities. What are the non-negotiables in your life that even when life gets crazy, you're still going to fit them in, even if it's just a few minutes a day, keeping those top priorities also making lists to help yourself prioritize and make use of time when you get a little window of time and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. You have lists to refer back to to help you. Staying grounded in your faith is a really good way to keep your identity and your self-worth as your life is changing because starting a business leaving your previous job that you probably went to college for can be a bit a huge change in your life so staying grounded in your faith and knowing that God is calling you there for a reason is really really crucial and then also staying connected to those people from you know your previous job and connecting with them so that you can connect to who you were as you're becoming who you are. So I think that that was kind of the big takeaways. Was that, was that good? Yeah. Yeah. That was a great summary. <laughs> Perfect. So this has been so amazing. Um, I think my final question for you is a question I ask on every episode. It's one that I absolutely love and I know it's going to help so many teachers who are getting ready to take that step. So if someone wanted to start their digital classroom journey, but they just felt too overwhelmed, what would you tell them? Oh, well, first I'd say you are not alone (laughs) because it's a scary journey. Um, It takes courage and it takes effort. Uh, But as far as a practical tip, um, I'm going to circle back to that idea I already mentioned about lists because Um, I think a lot of people would approach something like this, you know, I really want to make this change. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how to do it. And we might make like a pros and cons list. Um, But what I would actually encourage is is to tweak that idea just a little bit still to make a list, um, sort of like pros and cons, but basically pull out a piece of paper, make a line right down the middle. On one side, you're making a list of every reason why I want to make this change. Every reason why This is important to me. How does it connect to my values, to my priorities, maybe things I'm frustrated about in the classroom that like, hey, I wouldn't mind if this part went away. Um, And then on the other side of the piece of paper, make a list of every reason that you're afraid to make this change. And that is particularly the list where, again, getting it out of your head and onto paper so many people that I've done this activity with in the counseling room, you know, feeling overwhelmed for, for other reasons. So many times we look at it and it's, we kind of have this realization that either number one, well, that's not actually as scary as 
you know, in my head, it feels like this huge thing. But when I see it on paper and actually think about it, that's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Or number two, it is a big deal. And that points to something that maybe I need to do in preparation. Like if I can address point number three on that list of every reason I'm afraid to ditch the classroom and move into something else and be home with my family, if I can tackle number three with some realistic action steps and cross that off that list, all of a sudden it gets a little bit easier to think about making this change. Um, So that would be my kind of first step recommendation is just sit down, make a list of every reason you want to make this change and every reason you're afraid to make this change and then work through each of those items. Maybe that's prayer. Maybe that's conversation with your your spouse, your family. Maybe that's some sort of intermediary action step that crosses it off the list. Um, But that will help you hopefully to feel a little less overwhelmed and to make this idea a little bit more realistic. I love that so much. I think that might be my favorite tip somebody's ever shared. So thank you so much for that. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's helpful for, for your audience as well. Yeah. Um, I always love action steps. Like we can think about emotions and insight. That's wonderful. But if you don't do something about it, then things are usually not going to change. So simple action step, but yeah, hopefully that'd be helpful. Definitely. So I want to give you a chance. Do you have any resources that you think would be helpful for my listeners in their journey? Not even specifically in their digital classroom journey, but just in their life in general? Yeah. um, Actually, one of the free resources that I offer um, through Love Your People Well is a, it's a 51 self-care ideas list uh, because so many women, and this certainly speaks into what we've already talked about today. um, So many women struggle to like find ways to just enjoy the time that they have to take care of themselves We put so much energy into loving other people that we often wind up at the very end of the list. And now all of a sudden it's 11 o'clock at night and I don't have time for that. Um, So the 51 self-care ideas list is just to kind of jumpstart that that idea thinking. And most of them are free ideas. Um, Your audience probably, I can't imagine anyone would see it and be like, oh, I want to try all 51 of these ideas. But that's a great jumping off point. Um, There's hopefully at least 10 ideas on there that maybe someone hasn't thought about that are simple, easy ways to get some self-care into your day, no matter how busy it is, no matter how crazy life is. um, The 51 self-care ideas list might be really helpful for your audience. Perfect. And for those listening, we will have that link in the show notes so you can make sure to grab that um, because that's an amazing resource. So thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on today. Where can people find you, connect with you, and just learn more from all of your amazing wisdom? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, Yeah, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you today. Um, If people want to get connected with me, um, pretty much everything is under that headline, Love Your People Well. (laughs) The podcast, Love Your People Well. Um, the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook with that handle. Um, the podcast is probably the main way if people want just some encouragement every week in their relationships and their walk with the Lord and their their own mental health and self-care. Um, the Love Your People Well podcast is a great place to plug in and, and get started. Perfect. And again, all those links will be in the show notes so you can find them very easily. Awesome. Well, I have just treasured this conversation with you so much. I cannot wait for my listeners to get a hold of it. 
You guys make sure to go connect with Jessica, show her some love for coming on the show, take a screenshot of the episode and tag both of us on Instagram. And yeah, we just need to spread this mission because I know so many mamas and teachers and just women in general who, who can use some of this advice. So thank you again so much, Jessica. And for those listening, we will see you next week. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review, and check out the show notes for a free gift to help you ditch the classroom. If you loved today's episode, can you help me share the message by taking a screenshot, tagging me on Instagram at ariana.vernier, and sharing it with your friends so we can help more mamas ditch the classroom and follow their dreams. Until next week, y'all, keep following the dreams that were placed in your heart so you too can ditch the classroom.